0: To coached soul a podcast for a better you
1: here's your host steve hudgens
0: hey welcome back to the show i'm steve i'm a licensed professional therapist here in tulsa oklahoma today with me is Dave Wynn who is a minister at the jinx church in jinx oklahoma which is a small town south of tulsa oklahoma one of the things today I want to bring out or flush out in this uh, podcast is that you're lovable. That it doesn't matter what hypocritical people say about you, that you are lovable. One of the things that him and I tend to um, conversate about is that the church, all over, uh, not just his, but anywhere, uh, tends to do a disservice to its people within the church. Because we talk about loving God, how to love our neighbor but we really don't spend much time on how do we love ourselves. When we have anxiety, stress, depression, guilt, shame, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, these are some of the things that get in the way of loving who we are as a person because we dislike our past. And, And today's show is to help you to understand that you are lovable and to look at it from a different perspective. And I hope you can keep an open mind to understand how lovable you are. Dave, thanks for joining me and welcome back to the show. Dave, how, how are we supposed to love God if we don't love ourselves? I mean, we're really good about the Christian faith talking about got to love God, got to love our neighbor, got to love our enemies. I mean, that's a lot of love, but how do we love ourselves?
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, the greatest command in scripture is, is love God with all that you are, and then love your neighbor as yourself. That's the first two commands, the greatest commands Jesus said. And we, we tend to f- focus on the bookends. We love God and we love others. And oftentimes we as Christians are judged on how well we love others or how inconsistently we love others. But we miss the whole point that we can't really love others until we love ourselves. That to love your neighbor as yourself means you have to love yourself and yet we wrestle with comparison right and and comparing our highlight reels to or our our behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reels right and that's an unfair comparison uh we wrestle with guilt we wrestle with shame the pursuit of perfection right we want to be we want to be perfect and yet we're not we're flawed and so we develop just this constant sense of self-doubt and we don't even really like ourselves always or the opposite of the spectrum. Maybe we like ourselves a little too much and we we borderline that narcissism and, and things like that. But I think that's a, I think that's a human thing. We're aware of our imperfections. We're aware of our weaknesses. And so we struggle with, well, I don't even love me. How could God love me? How could anybody else love me? And And we get into this dark, place you know that leads to depression that leads to anxiety that leads to worry and really becomes a hurdle and a roadblock for us being able to see God and love him which is first and certainly challenges our ability to love others which is why we often deal with you know constant bad relationships and and we go through cycles of addiction or we go through cycles of of trying to fill our needs with one relationship after the other. And the more we fail in those areas, the less we like ourselves. And the less we like ourselves, the more we do those behaviors. And, and it's just this, this constant thing. And so it is a struggle. And, and it's a tremendous obstacle to determine, am I lovable? A- am I worth that time and that energy? And, and of course you are you know we, we are you you should love yourself you should find ways for self care and 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 honor the good things about yourself it doesn't mean we don't have things we work on but there's so much good in everybody that that we can, if we can discover the things we like about ourselves and begin to build and grow and use that now how does that as go even a step further as a christian right and, and again I've got to understand how much God loves me, because if God loves me, then I can love myself. But we struggle with that. We struggle to understand. And if we don't have a faith, if we don't have that, we're kind of out on an island and we're trying to figure this all out by ourselves with no context. That's why I consider myself so blessed because I do have that relationship. I do have an understanding that God loved me enough that he paid a price for me, right? He he sacrificed for me, and if he's willing to do that, well, I should at least like myself. <laughs> I should at least, you know, pursue uh, doing some good in the world as a response to that love.
0: Time I get people in my office that are struggling. They're hurt. We have couples that come, and it's that trauma. It's a childhood hurt that's never been addressed. And we have to get into that childhood hurt and pull it out. I see people begin to heal. But it's that self-doubt. So when you have people who are struggling, how do you help them to overcome that past and knowing that the past is the past and that uh, we have a new future.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the tough one, right? Because as you said, and, and from your background of counseling, like we've got to start with the emotional side, right? We have to, we have to begin to, to find some healing emotionally and, and get to a, a balanced, safe mental and emotional state to be able to uh, truly grasp and grow spiritually. Right? So all of it works together. You, nothing is nothing is individual. Nothing not not any of those aspects can function solely on their own. Right? You, you can be a, you can be mentally tough but if you're emotionally and spiritually just a disaster, your world's going to be a disaster, right? And so it's a combination of I've got to get to where I'm dealing with and healing and finding Appropriate coping mechanisms and, and appropriate ways to process the emotional side so that I can be open to a spiritual experience. And, and then that spiritual experience can help you. It, it actually helps you heal, it helps you grow, and all of those things. And so, you know, the, the struggle oftentimes for, for people is, you know, okay, I've got this hurt, I've got this trauma, I've got these things in my life. And I don't feel safe, and I don't feel valued, and I don't feel, right? And so we go through this list that creates the self-doubt that you mentioned, and we displace that onto God. Well, if I feel this way about, about myself, then God must feel this way too. Whether you believe the Bible or not, right? If you just look at the stories that are recounted, and even the ones that we see historically to be true, none of these people were perfect. All of them had struggles. It, it's a matter of believing that God is good enough and strong enough and and loves us enough that he can use me in spite of my struggles, in spite of my weaknesses.
0: Take this down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. You and I are familiar with biblical characters because we're yeah. faith-based. Got it. Yeah. But what do you do with somebody who has been hurt by the church or they feel that Christianity is very judgmental. Yeah. And they don't want to go. Same concept. So, how do you help them to overcome the feeling that the church is all about judgment?
1: Yeah. So I always say, Well, let's forget about the church and let's just start with Jesus. And so I say, okay, let's let's look at the accounts of Jesus' life: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right? You don't even have to believe the Bible is true. It's just Here's what's written down about this guy Jesus, and and if they're not even ready, there like we go further back, right? We go historical. Let's look at Roman history. Let's look at Jewish history that talks about you know the, these historical people, right? Jesus is mentioned all throughout, you know, Hebrew Jewish history. He's mentioned in Roman history. Uh, Peter is another one that I like to reference because again, he is he shows up time and time again in non-religious history and so if we need to start there we do but if say they're okay with with okay i do believe there was a guy named jesus i would even like to believe and follow jesus but the church is terrible and i want nothing to do with the church i say okay let's start with matthew mark luke and john let's just let's just see how jesus lived let's just see what how he treated people let's see what he has asked us to do in response to what he did for us and we forget all about church and we just focus on Jesus. And the more you focus on Jesus and the more you read about him, the more you understand him, the more attractive he is to you. And then now you've started developing a faith in a relationship, not with a church or a religious group or a system or a group of rituals and rules. You've developed a relationship with a person. And that's what it was always meant to be church has gotten in the way of that because we start adding in our perspectives. We start adding in what we're comfortable with or what we're willing to. So I agree. Church is often judgmental. Church is often hurt. And and I hate that because that means we've failed. It doesn't mean God's failed, right? Because from the very beginning, the idea was a personal relationship with him. Now, the next step that I get a lot is, well, then I can be a Christian and not go to church. You can, you can be married and never go home, but your marriage isn't going to be very successful either, right? It's you can, but we need each other. God designed all this. God established this. Jesus himself said, hey, I want there to be a gathering. I want there to be a group of people who are meeting and honoring me. And it is hard. Uh, One of my favorite Quotes uh, Gandhi uh, was asked, you know, about Christianity and and had he read had he read the Bible and things like that and and I love his response. I'm going to butcher the quote a little bit, so forgive me. But it, in essence, he said, "I love your Jesus. It's your Christians I don't like because they don't look very much like your Jesus." And that's an indictment on on us. And I think for so many people that you talk to that I talk to, that's their feeling. It's not that they're mad about Jesus or don't don't believe in him. It's sometimes the people that claim the name of Jesus or follow him have done so much damage that we've taken our eyes off of him and we've looked at a church or we've looked at a minister or we looked at a relationship that was, you know, under the canopy of, well, he's a good Christian man or she's a good Christian woman, but they didn't behave that way. And so I always say, let's forget about all that. Not not that it didn't happen, not that it's not real, but if we're going to start somewhere, let's start with just Jesus. Let's figure out what we want it to be, what he intended it to be, and then let's build from there instead of trying to find him in the midst of all the chaos that men and women and churches create. So you start with just who's Jesus and what does he look like?
0: What's the purpose of Jesus? I mean, he's just a man. And he has an example. So Dave, I mean, I could just believe in you. I can worship just anybody. But what makes it so compelling that we need to follow something that we can't see?
1: Yeah. So listen, I say all the time, and you've heard me say this, um, anybody that can predict their own death, say they're going to come back from the dead three days later and actually pulls it off. I'm believing that guy. And that's it. That's the one thing that sets Christianity and Jesus apart from every other prophet, every other man or woman that has a great message and tremendous following. That's it. That the resurrection is the core of everything I believe. Um, because without it, Jesus is just a good guy. And, and he teaches some great things. And, and again, that's why that's where I start, because, OK, you don't want to believe in God. That's fine. But can we all agree that if we all behave like Jesus behaved, it would be a better world. And, and so that's where I begin. Now, for me, because I do believe that what the Bible says is true and Jesus is who he said he was and he did all these things that we have recorded, that's enough for me. Right? I don't have to have all the answers. I just know he did the one thing that no human on the planet and in history has ever done before every other great religious leader every other great movement leader when they died they stayed dead and jesus didn't and roman history says hey we don't necessarily say he raised from the dead but he wasn't in the tomb anymore right jewish history says we're not sure he's the messiah but the tomb was empty right so If historically we can all agree that there was something different about him and that something different was what he did, then that's what I believe. I don't believe in a set of rules. I don't believe in a set of rituals or traditions. I believe in a person that did something for me. And as you know, and as your listeners will admit to, you want to talk about, well, am I valuable? Well, You're only as valuable as what somebody's willing to pay for you, right? Well, Jesus, God, paid with his life. God paid with his one and only son. Jesus paid with his life. That makes me pretty valuable, even on my worst days, even on the days when I get it wrong, even on the days when I don't necessarily want to believe in God. It doesn't change the fact that that's how much he loves me because he was willing to do something for me. And preachers aren't always willing to do something for you, right? Churches aren't always willing to do something for you, but God is. And and that's why, that's what sets it apart for me, is that I I can experience God's love by what he's done, not just because somebody told me I should, or because I should believe something or here's a set of rules to memorize or no, there was a man and he loved me so much that he lived and died and made it possible for me to be loved, not based off of my own merits or my own, but because he loves me and because he's good, because he's for me, because he's with me, uh, I can figure the rest out. And if you're just beginning, if you're just trying to figure out if you even want to have faith. Just start with that. Hey, wouldn't it be great if we all just lived like Jesus? World would be a better place. Wouldn't it be great if even in my darkest moments, somebody out there was for me and was pulling for me and loved me even when I was really unlovable? I can get on board with that.
0: I was hoping you were saying we can all walk on water.
1: <laughs> Listen, I don't think I had the uh, courage to walk on water. Uh, I'm out there. There's too many things in the water.
0: (laughs) You know, it's, we look at a world today and inflation is up. People are hurting. I can't make it. And so they try to go to churches and say, hey, I need some help. And some churches can, some churches can't you know, Dave, when, when it comes to this broken world, how can we help redefine Christianity for those who are hurting and are really out looking for the void they're trying to fill?
1: So we, and when I say we, I mean, Christians, churches, cause I represent obviously a, a church and a group of people. Um, we have plenty of times when we've messed it up and we have plenty of times when we have not been the presence and the help and the positive force in the world that we should. But there's also a lot of times when we've gotten it right. You know, churches, Christians are responsible for orphanages. Uh, you know, the very first hospitals and right. were created by people, that wanted to help when the, when the rest of the world says, now nah, they're outcasts, send them away, let them go die. Right. It was Christians who, who lovingly sacrificed. It was people of faith who, who rallied around children that had been discarded and found them homes. Right. That's how that, that's how we change the narrative. It's not by getting people to believe what we believe. And it's not by forcing our moral codes or, Our standards of living on the world around us, how we change the perception, how we help reintroduce God to people that maybe have been hurt or frustrated or have even walked away from faith, it's by how we love. It's by how we love and how we treat others. You don't have to look like me, you don't have to act like me, you don't even have to believe like me. But because I believe my call, my responsibility. My life's purpose is to love you anyway, it is to love you when you're hurting, is to be there when you need, is to help when you're helpless and give you hope when you're hopeless. And, and I think if, if more churches, if more Christians could take the shift off of being right and change it back to making a difference, uh, we would be a better culture. People would think differently about churches. Uh, but unfortunately, too many times we fall into the trap of, well, we don't want to help and therefore condone or or we don't want them to think we agree. I, what does it matter? It, what matters is that I love if, if I believe what I say, I believe if I believe God loves me no matter what and that he's called me to love others as I love myself. That's it. It's not about it's not about agreement. It's not about uh condoning it's not about judging it's simply about loving and if to answer your question if we're going to truly change how people see christians and ultimately see god we've got to change our behavior not behave correctly and you can get in it's behave like jesus did jesus loved he loved everybody he loved first and he loved to the point of sacrifice And if I, as a Christian, if I, as a Christ follower can love the people that I bump into in this world in that way, I've created a better world. I've created a positive influence. Now I've also got to be humble enough that when they say, Hey, why did you love me anyway? Why? It's not because I'm a good person. It's not because I'm better. It's because I know how much God loved me. And I'm simply sharing that love with the world. And that's how we change how the world sees Christianities and sees church.
0: You may see a six, but I see a nine, <laughs> but it seems like our culture has become to where you're wrong because you see something different. We have to come to a win-win conversation and not worry about what you see or I see, but what we can do together To build better. And I think when we do that, our marriages will be more successful. We look at our relationships with other people be more successful. You know, I really appreciate this conversation because I'm hoping it'll help those who are doubting, hurting, trying to fill a void. Therapeutically, there's some things that can help. Faith-based. There are things that can help humanistically. eh, There are some things that can help Eh, questionable, but there are all things that we can pull together that can help. Dave, I appreciate your time. Uh, It's been a truly a blessing and uh, we hope the best for your ministry and things can flourish for you.
1: Yeah. I appreciate you having me.
0: Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, be safe and be kind.